Hey there, knaves and knights. You're listening to the Tuesday Night Podcast, but you probably already know that because you're the one who hit the play button. Unless you just kind of stumbled upon this because you're on an automatic loop. Maybe you're on SoundCloud and it just keeps on playing through. (laughs) Maybe you're hearing me now because you were listening to Shut Up and Sit Down and all of a sudden now you're listening to the Tuesday Night Podcast. Maybe you're listening on iTunes. And just maybe, maybe you left us a review on iTunes. Thank you, by the way, for that review. Because it's knaves like you that help listeners like you find this podcast. Speaking of this podcast, I got to tell you a couple of things just as a fair warning. This is episode 105. And as far as ratings go, if you think of the board game rating from Candyland to Cards Against Humanity, this episode is definitely closer to the Cards Against Humanity side of ratings. Also, there's a baby crying. So so if you're not a fan of more R-rated episodes or babies crying, then maybe you want to skip this one. If you do, I think it's the baby crying thing. I think that's what really would turn you off. You're like, you know what? I don't want to hear a baby crying in the background. No worries, though. It's only for a little bit at the very end. Because in this episode, we're talking with Razlo, the creator of Billionaire Banshee. And we get to play some of that game here. I'll shut up and I'll let you listen to this episode of the Tuesday Night Podcast. Let's do this. Let's talk over it. <laughs> I can't believe that. The handle broke up. He's had to go to the hospital. I can't believe he left him in the trunk that whole time. What is up with that? <laughs> oh, that is probably the best story I've ever heard. Speaking of stories. <laughs> Welcome to the Tuesday Night Podcast. It's the podcast all about the games that we love and play around, under, on the gaming table. I'm talking about board games. I'm Alan Girding. I'm going to be talking a bit today with our guest of many talents. Who are you, sir? My name is Razlo, and I am a game and toy and joy designer. And also, I understand that you run an orphanage of misery because every once in a while in the background, we may hear a tortured child because that's (laughs) what you do full time, right? Yeah, stay at home dad during the day, game designer at night. Hey, so this is what I'm planning on talking about today. We're going to talk about more of who you are, get a better resume, talk about Billionaire Banshee. Maybe we can do a little mm-hmm, playthrough, mm-hmm. you and me. Just I know it doesn't really work with two people, but we're going to make it work. <laughs> talk about some pixel art and your style, sir. A little bit about your hair color. Okay. But I also want to talk about this question in the industry as a publisher, as a designer. Should you make a game mm-hmm. if it's similar to another game that's already in existence? And I want to hear your side of that story. But first, let's go back and give me your full resume, your roster of games, game company, etc. What was the first thing you designed? How did you get into the gaming industry? Make me care. Uh, So I was in the video game industry for uh, seven and a half years. I was doing QA, quality assurance, for people that aren't aware of those initials. (laughs) I worked at Harmonix, which is a development studio that made Rock Band, Guitar Hero, 
Dance Central, all those sorts of games. If I'm playing those games, is there any part of it that I'd say Razlo contributed to that part? So I was really bad at all the games. So I would always say, hey, this easy difficulty is too hard or this normal difficulty is too hard. (laughs) (laughs) I also was one of the few people that didn't have a band that on the side that didn't have some degree in some form of music. And so there'd be a lot of things that get into the games and I go, I have no idea what you're talking about here. And I don't think anyone else will that isn't a musician. And so I would get things adjusted. And my big focus was just trying to like ease people into the games, make it as, as easy as possible for people to play this stuff. Got you. You made sure that there was a gateway. So you limited the barrier to mm-hmm. entry as much as possible. Right. How'd you get into that? Just looking at the classifieds online? I always get the classified and the personals mixed up. Personals is when you want to have sex with someone. Classified <laughs> is when you want to have sex with, I mean, have a job with some, when you're going for work. Is that right? So you call foreplay classifieds? Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Hey. All right. All right. You guys ready to <laughs> do some classif- classified? It's because nobody wants to talk about it after. Right. It's classified. It's classified. What happens in this place stays in this place. Anyway, how'd you get into that? I mean, I wanted to get into it even before college, but the way that I actually got into it is I had a webcomic that was going and the person wait, that wait, drew the webcomic- Wait, wait, stop. Shut up. You had a webcomic going? Yes, I had a webcomic. Uh, stop. Talk about the webcomic. This is awesome. The webcomic was about this vampire uprising. They had pores on their hands, like that's how they would drain people. So it was a little bit more discreet than like this sort of fang thing happening. It was basically like an excuse to give them superpowers and things and, and kind of make them immortal. And, and all the cool parts about vampires, they didn't really have much negative outside of really being super into wanting blood. What was the name of this? You're telling us the pitch, but not the name. It was called Bizarre Uprising was the name of the webcomic. Looking it up. Bizarre Uprising. It's still online. It's finished. I finished it. Maybe you'll hate how it ends, but it has an ending. Don't spoil it. Now, who did the art? I'm looking at this thing, cartoonish looking right now. Yeah, yeah. UG did the art on that. You can see his name on the site. I went to college with him. One of his friends that went to college with him, who I really didn't interact with that much. Maybe I said hi to him once at the most. He saw one point where I just kind of threw out there, which I'm real big in doing in life. I just threw out there my wants and I threw out there a lot of webcomics. have like a little blog section where you kind of chat about what's going on in your life. We just said, hey, I'd really like to get into the games industry real hard doesn't seem like anyone's gonna give me a shot like that kind of sucks like whatever i was lamenting that and then i got an email that said hey i can get you an interview so weird that someone would put that much effort in that i wasn't friends with and didn't know and that person is sean baptiste he works at adult swim games now and he still does nice stuff like that for me all the time i don't know that i've done really much (laughs) to help him ever in his life uh but uh he's he's done a bunch to help me which i appreciate so bizarre uprising you did the writing not the art yes yep and that was your segue into working at harmonics yeah and then eventually you segued from video games into the tabletop world, which brings us to the Tuesday night podcast. Mm-hmm. So what was the segue? So, you know, I, I tried to get it into design there, uh, but they're a very quick company. They're putting out a game or more a year. Uh, so they didn't have the time to do training. And, and also they probably just found me annoying to some degree, I'm sure. <laughs> just because you were the nagger, like this doesn't make sense. You got to make yeah, it easier. Yeah, I was very blunt about things that I thought were pretty bad. <laughs> they had me help about on one project that actually never came to fruition, but got like a multi-million dollar contract. 
I helped on the design for the demo that got that contract. But then as soon as the demo was done, they kicked me back down the stairwell, back into the basement of uh, QA. And I asked them, what could I possibly do to get back into design? And they said, absolutely nothing. Wow. <laughs> they said, you can work on games in your free time. <laughs> so I did. Are you allowed to mention the that. name of this game that never saw the light of day? I, it was a pretty cool, it was, I'll say it was a Kinect game. You know, and it was for this generation where Microsoft kind of stepped away from Kinect. Right, so, so let me tell you my true goal on this podcast mm-hmm. is to get as many people in trouble as possible. So <laughs> if you can break any NDAs, non-disclosure agreements, do it. <laughs> Just get sued. It's going to be hard for me to get myself in trouble when I don't really report to anyone but myself. So <laughs> I think we're good. All right. So you were stuck in the basement. You said... F this, mm-hmm. or did you work on Billionaire Banshee while you were there? So I was working on Billionaire Banshee my free time. It was kind of cool. Like while we were testing over the day, we'd go back and forth with ridiculous traits, do play tests after work. And then I got laid off probably two weeks before Christmas, three and a half years ago or something like that. Right before Christmas. It was actually like I just had gotten into a car accident over the, on the, that Sunday, came into work, you know, I couldn't even sit down correctly. What was your employer like thinking, oh, he's already in a really bad position. So, you know, when it rains, it pours. What's a <laughs> fart when you've shit your pants already? Let's just tell him right now that he's fired. So I was in the middle of the OBGYN and we were getting a scan to make sure that the then in utero son who you heard screaming earlier that he was okay because we we're very worried about him after this car accident oh my goodness my wife was pregnant at the time and i just got the news that he was okay so i was ecstatic and then my phone rang because i wasn't there for the day that everyone got laid off so then i just found out right after that i got laid off and the i think the impact of that was like super dulled from having just found out that my son was fine. I was like, okay, whatever. <laughs> you know, like, my son's fine. It, we're going to be fine. Right. Oh, right. So I actually like didn't get to like properly say bye to people and all this weird stuff. Cause I showed up, you know, maybe a, I also had to go through physical therapy and stuff. So I showed up like maybe like a month or so after I got laid off to throw my stuff in a box and whatever. So how much later until you did the Kickstarter for a billionaire Banshee? It was, that's the spring right after that March, right after that. Did you tap into any of your team resources to help with art or manufacturing, anything? Where'd you get the um, info? No, I had always played this game like Billionaire Banshee, you know, without cards, like in, on car rides and things. I like like prodding people and kind of asking questions and kind of getting people to, to admit to ridiculous stuff. And so I would always do that anyway. I saw certain other games on the market that I was like, oh, I never even considered that this could be a formal game. I bet other people would have fun doing this as well, but maybe don't have like some of the messed up ideas that I have. I could help them out with that. <laughs> well, you bet correctly. So you kickstarted Billionaire Banshee, and that's pretty much mm-hmm. all she wrote. You went from there, and it's made. Yep. I went through Ad Magic for manufacturing, and they were nice enough to bring me to Toy Fair the first year just to show examples of some of the stuff they were manufacturing. And uh, there's actually like a lot of interest from retail and distributors that already heard about the game somehow. And we're like, oh, like this distributor in Canada. They were saying how, oh, we've got all these customers of ours that are asking for your game. And I was like, that's weird. It's not even out. Like, this is... A strange. <laughs> so, anyways, Ad Magic also had a publishing division that had just started around that time, and they put me aside. I was like, "Hey, <laughs> we're seeing all this attention you're getting. Uh, do you want to?" We'll publish. And at that point, I was like, "You know what? Actually, I would like to not do the uh, business parts of this." So I, I agreed. Nice. 
So here's what we're going to do at first, because I still have so many more questions. Mm -hmm. Here on the Tuesday Night Podcast, we'd like to punish our guests by putting them in an elevator in which you have a minute or less to give the spirit of a game. Okay. And you get bonus points if you can do an impersonation, if you can do some character while you're in the elevator. You can do like an impersonation of Matt Fantastic, but... (laughs) (laughs) We haven't had Matt Fantastic on the show yet. We totally should... But only like con version after he's drank a bunch and like smoked a bunch and like he's got a really raspy voice. Okay. When you see him after the first day. We're going to do it. You ready to step in the elevator, sir, so you can teach us the soul of Billionaire Banshee? Sure. Elevator going up. Uh, so basically what you got here is you've got like a, a game where you get to find out. Uh, okay, I won't do that the whole time. Uh, you get to find. You should totally do it the whole time. What are you doing? <laughs> Ruin it, do it. <laughs> you have everyone pretending they're single. They get two draw piles in front of them, a perk and a quirk pile. Whoever's turn it is, they're the player that's looking for a date. They grab one of each. It could be something like, let's say they uh, lactate breast milks that allows you to breathe underwater. But uh, they also uh, refuse to allow you to see your friends or family again. And so everyone else would try to guess would this person spend their life with that individual they just got matched with. They answer and are either serious or making fun of that person as they do so. And then if they get it right, they get a point if you're bothering to keep track of points. And then the next person goes and gets an also ridiculous combination of persons that they could spend their life with. Not bad, sir. But I did like the five seconds of Matt Fantastic drunken stone <laughs> at three in the morning at a convention. <laughs> that was good. Thank you. Oh, you got your phone vibrating? Look at you. That was that was actually my butt plug. Sorry about that. <laughs> no problem. No problem. Hey, whatever you need to relax during the podcast, we're all about it. I just naturally do it whenever I do a Matt Fantastic impression, actually. so That's what it requires. You need to put in the butt plug <laughs> yeah, in order to... Yeah. Oh, jeez. Yeah. So, how about we just do a quick round of our own made-up Billionaire Banshee? Because you said you would just do this in car rides, right? Right, right, right. It's time to play some games, you. Let's play some games together. Now, Tuesday Night Plays. Billionaire Banshee. So I could say something like, here is the perk. The perk of the Mm -hmm. person is they... This is for me? Okay, so what's the perk? This person has been thoroughly trained in Mm -hmm. the art of Kama Sutra. Oh, nice. And... In marital Gottman therapy, therefore being sensitive to what it takes to not only please you sexually, but also maintain the intimacy, passion, and commitment in any relationship. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's the perk. Okay. The quirk, they have a duck penis. Mm. Have you seen a duck penis before? Does that have like, that's the barb on it, right? Oh, it's worse than that, sir. Go ahead and Google duck penis before you decide. Okay, hold on one second. Thought it could hold with me for a second while I Google duck penis. One second here. No problem. All right, I'm I'm looking. Oh, wow. Okay. (laughs) I also apologize about the vulgarity of this particular episode. (laughs) Oh, right. It's a corkscrew. That's right. I remember now. It's a total corkscrew and it launches because apparently... The canal of a female duck is maze-like mm-hmm. with wrong turns mm. and dead ends. Oh, jeez. The male duck penis has developed this corkscrew fashion mm-hmm. to wither its way through, solving the maze. I like that. 
<laughs> okay. That'd be a good. What's what's the what's the company that that uh, I'm blanking on their name right now that makes all those like puzzle games? <laughs> Maybe they can make. They have to you know you have to solve like the duck penis getting in through the duck canal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have to throw on like a table at a friendlies or something. <laughs> <laughs> it just looks like a regular maze game pipe dream right. but on one right. end of it is just it's this duck. smiling duck man we are really going downhill fast so i have my answer locked in do you have your answer locked in date or deny okay um yeah okay yeah i got it i'm gonna say you're going to say deny okay because one thing I think you're a pretty liberal individual. I think you're accepting of all people types, Mm -hmm. gender equality, gender identity, et cetera. However, Mm -hmm. if you on a demographic sheet would have to put a check mark, I think you'd say heterosexual. Mm -hmm. And so even though they know Mm -hmm. the art of relationships and Kama Sutra, Mm -hmm. the duck penis is kind of a deal breaker. Right. Okay. What did you say and why? I start with the perk here first. I think the Kama Sutra thing's amazing, right? All this ingrained knowledge. We could do that wheelbarrow move that I never understood why that's pleasurable for anyone. Maybe they could teach me why. So that part's great. And then, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I wouldn't, on my checklist, if I was signing up for eHarmony, I don't think I would put duck penis as one of the things I'm looking for. Right. Uh, uh, Which is weird because it's kind of something that you should let them know as soon as possible. <laughs> but I understand full that. Full disclosure on duck penis, I feel like. <laughs> um, I If this person was, you know, had an amazing personality, knew the Kama Sutra, was, and I was attracted to them, I would... Use that corkscrew. Wow, so I was wrong. You're going with date. Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with date. Oh, dang it. <laughs> and are either of those in the actual billionaire banshee game? No, let me add right now. Duck Hold penis. On a second. I'm gonna live add yeah. <laughs> live add duck penis to the list of potential quirks to put into this expansion that I'm working on right now. Now as you're writing that down, I will pitch my shameless plug that there is a card, Dr. Boom, that I did submit mm-hmm. into yes. Billionaire Banshee and it made it. So Dr. Boom is in there. Mm-hmm. And also you're a sticker in the expansion. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. You want to explain that really quick? Uh, yeah. I, I just for the, you know, the, the box for Billionaire Banshee expansion looks like a cereal box. It looks like the Mr. T cereal box more specifically, but it's got a unicorn on it instead of Mr. T. The bowl is full of cards instead of filled with cereal. And then just to go with the joke, it said includes rabbit animal stickers inside. But because I made that joke on the box, I had to actually make rabbit animal stickers. (laughs) So and I had a contest to see who could get the most people to the expansion Kickstarter. And Alan won it. So he's the only human. I made a human version of him foaming at the mouth and and whatnot. So if you get the billionaire banshee expansion... You will get yeah. a sticker of Alan Girding foaming at the mouth. And I <laughs> yes. love it so much. I want it to be my logo. And this is a little behind the scenes. No one needs to know this. But my real identity is I'm a psychology professor at a college. <laughs> and I just recently moved offices to a nicer office. And I needed to get some wall art. And I was going to get a huge thing made of that to put right behind me. And my partner vetoed it. She said, no, no. do not do that. It looks totally unprofessional. I love you. It is really cool. 
but yeah. for you. How many times does your office partner have to say that to you? My wife. I Not my office partner. This is my wife. Oh, she okay. never even goes to my office. She's only been there once. But she just said, <laughs> for the sake of your students and the comfort of your coworkers and everybody, <laughs> don't use that as your primary <laughs> art piece for your Makes office. Sense. I got you. <laughs> she seems like a smart lady. Yeah. You ready to give me mine? Yeah, yours. They They sweat fudge. Okay. But fudge, you know, so out of any pore, you have this potential for, for fudge. So it's a type of fudge that you like if you like fudge. If you don't like fudge, then I guess this isn't much of a perk, but they sweat fudge. It's uh, it's not like, you know, the, the hard stuff. That'd be really weird. It's a liquid fudge. And the quirk is that when they're laying down, you probably wouldn't even notice this. So it's probably not that big of a deal. But instead of like regular arms and, and legs and things, they have caterpillar legs. <laughs> <laughs> going across their whole body but think of the possibilities <laughs> scooting around <laughs> i'm trying to imagine is it that they have regular legs but they have these little tiny hair-like legs coming across so that's how they move yeah. or is it like yeah. huge caterpillar segmented pieces yeah just picture someone's like you know leg, arms and legs human arms and legs disappear right so the end of their body is their butt they're always lying on the ground for the most part and then they have these little caterpillar legs that are stirring them around. Maybe they move very quickly. <laughs> so I guess I'm going to lock in my vote here. I've got my vote in. Okay. Man. I... <laughs> <laughs> I have my vote locked in. Okay. So I said date. The reason is I think that usually when you end up licking sweat, you're like, I like the salty, but where's the sweet? I think that you have this issue where... <laughs> where... <laughs> It's the, it's not a full flavor. It's not a full, you know, decent flavor profile, and so I think that frustrates you. So this would solve that, and then um, I think you also like magic fingers and things like that. So I think that having someone scurry about you, I think that you're into that, and I think you like being taller than people too. So <laughs> I think that that would work out for you. Well, we need to spend some more time together, I think, because I'm in a duffel bag, carry on luggage. You want to know my answer? Don't shock me here. I said date. Here's the thing. <laughs> this is what I did. Yeah. I'm not a huge fudge fan. In fact, I gave up sweets. That makes it even better that you said date when you're like, here's the thing. This is all about the caterpillar. It's all about the caterpillar legs. No, I just translated the fudge into something that just tastes really good. So I just really like mm -hmm. it. I'm going to say you really sold me on yours, but I had already lacked in my answer. With the caterpillar legs and arms, very interesting. Because I don't <laughs> think of scurrying when I think of a caterpillar. It's that okay. wiggle thing where they scrunch oh, and yeah. let go and yeah. scrunch and extend. Oh, yeah. And that would be really interesting. But here's the other <laughs> question I have with the game. It doesn't say marry. No, so it is a life partner because the reason that it's a life partner, not just a date, is especially if we're dealing with a lot of guys, because let's be honest, like the standards are much lower. They would just say yes to almost anything. Okay. If it was just like a one night stand. If it was one night stand the game, we'd only need date cards. We should have reestablished this. My bad. Yeah. Life partner. Would I just date for the rest of my life? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know what the life expectancy is of someone's caterpillar legs. I'll stick with my answer because neither of those are deal breakers as much as like being racist or something like that. Right, right, right. And you saw like Alice in Wonderland, you're like the caterpillar is pretty cool and that. Yeah, 
Plus, that may be <laughs> adding to the Kama Sutra moves, if you can crunch and extend like that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. A whole half extra book. Yeah, like, can they climb up walls like Spider-Man because <laughs> they do that? I, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Absolutely, right? That is yeah. phenomenal, and I get to be the one that says, <laughs> they're with me. Hey, only I get to lick that. Keep your tongue away from that. <laughs> Keep it away from her sweat fudge and don't you don't you dare touch those <laughs> how many legs are in a caterpillar well it's not a centipede so i don't know <laughs> we're learning so much on this podcast this is an educational podcast i'm really gonna put a warning at the beginning of this episode just so people realize we're going a little bit dirtier than normal sex okay sex, sex. there you go this is the sexy episode okay razlo yeah why the name razlo because that's not your given name. Uh, so that's just a nickname. And uh, the reason that I use that when I do design work or anything really with any of my creative work is just my regular name, my God-given name, my parental bequeathed name. Your birth name. Right. Is uh, Stephen Bailey, which is just like one step away from John Smith in terms of <laughs> recognizability of of name so i just decided you know what's the story how'd you get the nickname raslo it is a name from i don't know if you ever played fallout back in the day on the pc fallback fallout oh fallout yeah the original fallout yes yeah 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 Yeah, i think in the original one or the second one i don't remember which there was a character named raslo and you know you create your own character in those games uh, at least back then i don't i haven't played the most recent ones because i don't like the change in the style but there was a character that had the name Razzlo in there. I was like, that's such a cool name. I really like that name. So then when I made my next character, I used that name. The appeal was, in those games, you get to do whatever you want, right? The uh, world, you kind of just get to kind of bend to your will and whatnot. So you wanted to be named after someone that can bend the world to your own will. Right. Get done what you want to do. That game, you have full options to do whatever you want, and you can get it done. Wow. So it's an empowering name. Yeah, exactly, yep. Very cool. Let's talk about the topic of the episode. Excuse me, Sam, do you have the time? But of course, it be topic time. So, Razlo. Mm-hmm. Should companies publish games that are similar to other games? Two episodes ago, episode 103, I talked with Ted Alsbach, and he came out with the game Werewords, which had a lot of similarities to a game that came out shortly before it mm-hmm. named Insider. And he came on and he defended his case. Okay. But what is your stance on this? So I'll go first in like my personal likes and dislikes when I'm playing games. And I think if it's something where it's, there's an inflection point in which they're inspired by something and then they're like, oh, but what if I made these major adjustments to kind of make this thing my own? In that instance... I think that's great because you could potentially have game types appeal to people that wouldn't appeal otherwise. If you're looking on like the video game and look at how popular roguelikes are now, but a lot of those people would never have played the original rogue because it's much harsher. And so each roguelike kind of decides how much does the player get to keep when they die and they adjust that. And so you've got people who are different fans of anywhere on that spectrum. In that instance, I think that adds a lot of use and those things justify their existence. I think The part that I have an issue with is when someone just sees an idea and just tries to almost outright just copy it. Try to make a better or super unique version of that. Yeah, if it's just a straight ripoff where all you're changing is the art, that's dick. 
Right. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. I would call that a major red flag. That's what I would say. Oh, I see what you did there. (laughs) 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 Should I extract what you did there for the people that didn't pick up what you just did there? That's for the, the smart listeners. Got you. And that's the reason I asked is because you've had experience with the extreme forms of this. Right. But it sounds like you and Ted are singing the exact same tune. And I totally agree. I don't think anyone can disagree because Mm -hmm. I've played some amazing games that could be argued. They're only Mm -hmm. slight variations off of an earlier game. But those slight variations were the key to making it fantastic. Yeah, I agree. I think it's a little bit hard when you've got situations, even when it's like a shameless knockoff, if you're a fan of that type of game and you're just looking for something new to buy, I don't even have, really have an issue with that. I think it becomes problematic when the thing that just shamelessly knocks something off is more popular than the original or is eating up shelf space that that game could have or something like that. It's when it interferes with the existence of the thing that inspired it that it becomes an issue. Outside of that, it's, it's fine. What's your thought on apples to apples versus cards against humanity? Let's apply what we've just talked about to that right. example. So that's an example, right? Like people could like that potential type of gameplay, but then they'd go to play with their college friends or whatever while drinking. And they go, you know, this is kind of lame. Like the stuff that we're trading back and forth in terms of these ridiculous things, like maybe I would have found this funny as a middle school or junior high or something like that. But at this point in my life, I just don't find this funny at all, even though I think the game design is fine. That's where I think that Cards Against Humanity is totally fine in that instance, because Apples to Apples was never going to make a game that was talking that much about semen. Right. (laughs) I love how you painted that, too. The middle schoolers may find it okay, but shortly after that, the woes and strife of the world weigh down upon you and crush your soul, and only then (laughs) will semen interest you. Right. Because before that, you'll be totally fine with regular adjectives used in everyday use. Exactly. Yeah. Razlo, it's so much fun. We're running out of time. Here's what our listeners want to know, Razlo. Okay. You made Billionaire Banshee. How do we get to know more about you? Where should we go? Pimp yourself. Yeah, so I'm not as open as I used to be developmentally because I have had multiple projects that have kind of gotten stolen in development, which is even worse than if they get kind of knocked off after I go to market on them. But I still probably share more than I should on at Razlo on Twitter. R-A-Z-L-O. So if you want to kind of see like pictures of prototypes and talk about where I'm going to be for conventions or ridiculous jokes or things like that, I always talk about it on there. What's your next con? Where are you going? Where can we find you in person? In November, I'll be at PAX Unplugged. Nice. Have you ever gone to Board Game Geek Con? I have never gone to that. I tend to because I make kind of I make games that are more mainstream. They're more I try to make games that are like entry points, which people can look down on or they can understand the use of. But I try to make games where it takes less than a minute to figure out how to play it. You just get in. It's got a theme that people relate to. This is exactly what your job was at Harmonix, man. And I try to work with primal desires. That's my goal on every game that I do. So in the case of Billy Bitch, it's dating. The next game that it's in manufacturing right now that'll be out early next year is called Re-Extinction, and that's got a dinosaur dress-up card combat game. So regardless (laughs) of whether you always had a thing for dinosaurs or you like fashion (laughs) or dinosaur fashion, there's your entry points into that game. And it's a card combat game, but you don't have to buy extra packs. It's very simple to figure out how to play. 
even little kids can play it, but the art is completely ridiculous. You're making your dinosaur look as stupid as possible while trying to defend yourself. From the early art I saw, it reminded me of Bonk's Adventures. Oh, sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that is one of the inspiration points on the look of that game. Because that game's 16-bit. Yeah, Billionaire Banshee itself is 8-bit. So you went from 8-bit to 16-bit. Right. Leveling up. Yeah. And if people, they want to see you at PAX Unplugged, how should they find you? My way of saying it is you're going to be by Billionaire Banshee and they can recognize you by your radical colored hair. So let's talk fashion for a little bit. Yeah. What's uh, what's the deal with the hair? So I, I changed my hair color. I used to work at Comcast back in the day. That's where I met my wife. And I changed my hair color for a television tryout back when there was G4, which was a channel that was just a, a video game channel. I think we all know G4, of course. They were looking for hosts. I don't know if everyone remembers Attack of the Show or... Of course. I think everyone knows Olivia Munn or Psylocke. Right, yeah. So she'd gotten hired, but they were looking for one more person to kind of fill out their host uh, duties. They needed a third host. And so they did a nationwide test. I went to the one in New York. I dyed my hair red for the first time in my life and figured that might give me somewhat of an edge to at least being noticed. But they then um, had a bunch of models come in ahead of everyone, <laughs> which were the people they actually cared about interviewing. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a good plan. So you've stuck with it ever since. That it really helps me out at cons because people find me super easy. People remember me. I'm definitely stuck with it for sure. What's your hair situation now? It's still bright red. Still bright red. <laughs> Have you ever gone away from bright red or is it always bright red? I went through every color except for like, you know, a green. I did pink, blue, purple. But bright red is your children's least favorite, hence why they're crying in the background. <laughs> My wife fell asleep on the couch. She was supposed to be the guard. <laughs> the guard of all children. Well, we got to wrap this up anyway, baby. So check out at Razlo if you want to follow him. If you want to follow Tuesday Night Games, the podcast, check us out on the tweets at PlayTKG. Or please, please, please email us podcast at TuesdayNightGames.com. Your comments, your questions, your concerns, anything you want, that would be great your own personal story, that would be better because then you go from a knave to a knight. <laughs> wow, nice. Yeah, it is. In fact, you're, I think, what we're calling a noble because you're on the podcast, Razzo, so you should send us your own personal story and you can get knighted. We'll get back into knighting because I've got some really good submissions coming up in future episodes. But I'm Alan Gerding, A-L-A-N-G-E-R-Ding. You can find me on the Facebook or the tweets. And I think with that being said... This episode is... To be continued. No, it is not to be continued. <laughs> Tune in, future episode. I don't know what, where you'll hear my child crack again in the background. <laughs>